From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Startups of the Week, a Chronicle business podcast with me, Trisha Thadani, and Crunchbase Editor-in-Chief Alex Wilhelm. Each week, we pick a group of startups that are trending on Crunchbase, which means they've been getting extra attention lately. We look for under-the-radar companies that have raised less than $50 million in funding and are here in the Bay Area. Today, we'll tell you about Wonder Workshop, a company that makes smart robots for kids in hopes of inspiring a love for computer science. And then, after that, we'll tell you about two more startups you probably haven't even heard of yet. So, let's get started. Hello, um, welcome to our Startup of the Week series. I'm Trisha Thadani, a general assignment business reporter here at The Chronicle, here with Alex Wilhelm, editor-in-chief of Crunchbase News. Hello. So we come at you every single week with a group of startups that are quote-unquote trending on Crunchbase, um, and we tell you a little bit about them, what's been going on, um, and yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how exactly we come up with this list every week? Yeah, so we're looking for companies a bit under the radar. We already know all about Airbnb and how Dropbox is a big deal, but we kind of want to know who's coming up next. So we look at companies that have raised less than $50 million, mm-hmm. that are based here in the Bay Area as a whole, haven't raised money in the last month, haven't been acquired, and then we search by trend score, which is how often they're searched for on Crunchbase, and we get a new list of companies every week, and we now do three, three. not five. Five was a lot. Five, five, five was a bit much, as they say, yeah. but three feels really good, and actually this week we surfaced a company that I am kind of all about, so I'm yeah, telling yeah. who's our main topic. So, so the first one, it's this company called Wonder Workshop, um, so they make these little programmable robots for kids, Yeah. so they're these like cute little, cute little things, um, and so kids can... Uh, can control them via their iPad, so they like write code on them to control their movement. It's probably kid. It's level very. Code. It's yeah, and 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 Trisha level code. Like it would. It's so it's accessible. Um, but so an example, I was watching videos on how these uh, robots worked, and there was uh, it was one of this teacher. He had set up like this maze in his uh, classroom. It was I so love fun. That. See, I would, yeah. if I was a kid, I would have been all about that. So would I. And so these kids, they had to uh, program it. So like say, you know, I want to go left mm-hmm. for this many inches and right and then, you know, then straight or whatever. And so they usually didn't make it through the whole maze, but it was so cute. Um, How old were these kids? Oh, they were like less than six. So they were they were young. Things. They were young. Okay. Yeah, My nephew Joey is about that little age. Little things. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's that age. Yeah. So so this, this company I thought was really interesting because as uh, the CEO told me, like he wanted his kid to be very actively involved in... Um, you know, in the toys that it, that she was engaging with. Um, you know, do you want to inspire her to be an architect, I think he said, rather than just another iPad user. But anyway, so this was, he, and so he brought up that, you know, now with this alleged talent shortage that we have, where there's more jobs out there, more technical jobs, and there's the talent to... This is the find. STEM gap when yeah, the companies say, gap. we can't fill all of our open yeah. roles, and this pulls into the H1B debate, which you've covered a lot yes. in the Chronicle. Yeah. Um, but in this case, is the idea here that if we start kids off earlier mm-hmm. in, their, in their youth, really, 
uh, on an engineering or STEM kind of pathway, they'll keep rolling along exactly. and eventually come out the other side yeah. with a non-degree in philosophy, for example. Right. Exactly. So it's just to help inspire them early on, get them into like this, this tinker, this idea of like tinkering with yeah. code and everything. It's, it seems it's, so it's fun. My, my nephew's school down in Sunnyvale has a room full of old electronics and screwdrivers. Uh-huh. And the kids oh. can just go in there and just like take things apart yeah. and, and cut themselves a little bit and like pull out circuit boards and just generally get their hands in the guts of things mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think many kids have these days. Yeah. But They've raised, I think, $27 million. Right. And, um, but from a company perspective, yeah. we've talked about this on the show before. I mean, they're a hardware and software company. Yes. And, and hardware is hard. So, I mean, do you think this is a, you know, should they be worried about being in the hardware space as well? Or? Well, you know, when you look at, like, spectacles from Snapchat, uh-huh. or Snap now. Snap. They had, Snap Inc., please. I, I do apologize <laughs> to their IR department. Uh, they had to do so much work to get that into this tiny little package that was stylish enough for adults and does a lot and mm-hmm. talks to your phone and works on the go. These toys can be much simpler physical objects. So mm-hmm. I wonder if some mm-hmm. of the complexities brought down and the software, as we discussed, is aimed at children. Yeah. So maybe just the complexity of the product itself is so diminished right. because of its audience, it's not as hard as we think. Or alternatively, that makes it a lot harder and more of a challenge. So I don't know, but I like the idea that it could actually be No answers on the show, just analysis. Anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep paying attention. It's, it seems like a really nice yeah. company. Um, anyway, so the next one is is one called Ripio, um, which has to do with blockchain technology. So yes. take it away. All right. I've been assigned this <laughs> one this week. I'll sign up for this so one. And <laughs> so I'll do my best. Uh, a company called BitPagos, which was a Bitcoin-focused company in Latin America, rebranded as Ripio. Mm-hmm. And Ripio is in the is trending this week because of the launch of the Ripio Credit Network, which is coming out soon. So the idea here is to take blockchain technology and specifically an Ethereum token or a token on the Ethereum blockchain and create a system that will allow people to lend money P2P, so person to person, using this technology and smart contracts, which means things that execute after a certain period of time. It's a mm-hmm. big deal in the blockchain world. And allow people in Latin America to put in their local currency, borrow or lend money, and then pay it back or receive their money back on the other end. So it makes so. it more accessible to people in developing countries where banking isn't. Yes, and their white paper, which we read before the show, um, highlights a lot of stats on banking penetration, right. how often people are underbanked, and so forth. And so the idea here is to bring is to use the, the newest technology to reach the people that the old technology missed. Hmm. And so, That's like, nice. yeah, but like a lot of blockchain tech, you read the white paper, you go like, okay. Right. But until the rubber meets the road and the product's on the market, I don't know if it'll work or not, but I do like the scale of the problem they're trying to solve. And what does Ripio actually mean? So we had prepared this for you guys. We prepared. Alex prepared it. Well, I'm going to take credit. I'm going to read it. So from the white paper, uh, Ripio means gravel in Spanish. Just like gravel serves as a foundation for new roadways, Ripio aims to build new roads throughout the digital economy. We like that. Beautiful. Well, it's very packed. And, so, last one is uh, Chart Boost. So, yes. a company. Um, it, it's a way for game developers to like cross promote their games onto other games. So, in app promotion. Yo, dog. I would, you like games. So, I play <laughs> games. Inside of your games, you can gamble your games. Yeah. What What could the reason behind this? Well, we be? had one idea, yeah. um, which is that I think a lot of people have what we call app fatigue. So, you know, you have that one friend who pulls out their phone, they have like 47,000 apps, and you want to know if it's like 2012 and they're still stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people now don't want to install apps because of privacy worries, you know, updates and so forth, and like battery drain, mm-hmm. background usage, and like tracking my location. So, if you're a developer who makes money on people installing your game and playing it, maybe this is a way to drive more adoption across right. even more um, jaded users such as ourselves. Smart Anyways, um, that's all we have for this week. Um, we'll be back next week with three more startups. So, tune in. See you then.
Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com and crunchbase.com. I'm Trisha Thadani with Alex Wilhelm, and this is Startups of the Week. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz, our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper, and our producers are Peter Hartlob, Brittany Schell, and Claire Varelos. The music you just heard is Botfest by Alex Vaughn. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more! Listen to Chronicle Podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com slash podcast or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.